Thank you for joining our Transform 365 podcast, a discipleship and teaching ministry of SWCC. We pray this teaching helps you to grow in your journey with Christ. We have some great resources available for you on Transform365.com webpage. Feel free to download discipleship materials, small group teaching, as well as peruse our training workshops. Also take time to visit www.swcc.org for videos, teaching, and more. We thank you for listening and your support, and we would love to hear from you. So use our contact page and drop us a line. Now for our podcast teaching. Welcome to the Transform 365 podcast. Uh, Today we have a great topic. It is on the assurance of salvation and the importance of it. I'm Pastor Cody and I'm joined by my excellent friend and... Partner uh, in crime. Partner in crime, (laughs) Pastor John. John, why don't you say hi to everybody? Oh man, so blessed to be here. We haven't done one in a while, but um, I'm looking forward to this one, especially on this topic. So so precious to us. Yes, yes, yes. So... um, I have to say I got the idea from this uh, podcast today mm-hmm. in, um, you know, I I look up at uh, the different OSIS um, things that are out there, topics and and discussions. And for those that don't know what OSIS is, it's Once Saved, Always Saved. Mm-hmm. It's an acronym. Um, but uh, this couple Sundays ago at church, we were just singing the song Blessed Assurance, right? Um, and I, uh, I think that's it is it's such a beautiful song written by Fanny Crosby mm. um, who was a uh, a woman that wrote over 8,000 worship songs wow hymns uh, she wrote them in different names because at that time it was hard for women to get published mm-hmm. um, even though she did write some in her own name as well but um, she was blinded by a quack doctor who convinced her parents, uh, because she had an eye infection, to put mustard um, mixed with some other stuff. I think there was alcohol and mm. things like that in it, um, in on her eyes, and it would heal them. Well, she went blind, ultimately, and she was only like three, four years old, something like that. And so uh, she said from that point on, her world went dark, mm. but she received light when she received the light of Jesus Christ. And so uh, she wrote about the uh, blessed assurance. And I think that is such a beautiful song because when the entire world is dark, um, physically, mentally, and, you know, uh, spiritually, um, we have the light of Jesus in us always and forever. That's right. And it's such a beautiful idea. So do you know what insurance is, John? Insurance, yeah, I know what insurance is. Uh, it's defined as a as a thing um, providing protection against a possible or eventuality, right? Yeah, it, yeah. it could something could happen, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Now Amazon allows you to buy insurance for uh, things that you purchase. Like we bought here at the school and church, we bought some backup ACs just in case our uh, main ACs break. Those right. are insurance policies, right? Right. Well, on top of the insurance of having a backup AC, <laughs> we also put insurance on those. Uh, they had a, a, a five-year little plan that you could purchase. And if anything ever happens to that unit, you can return it for a full uh, replacement, right? Thank God for insurance. Yeah, that's insurance, right? Yep. Uh, in other words, it's a man-made prevention for the worry of loss, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. If this happens or if that happens, if I get this, if a hurricane happens, if a flood happens, if uh, if I'm standing on top of a mountain and uh, I fall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know? Um, but we don't have insurance in Christ. Mm. We have something different. Uh, we have what is called assurance. Amen. And assurance is defined as a declaration of certainty. Yeah. You know, assurance has been a vigorous debate throughout church history, man. And, and um, like, you know, we prayed before we started this podcast, brother. And, you know, I prayed that this podcast will, will bless people who are doubting their salvation, you know? Oh, yeah. And people doubt their salvation through... There's many ways to doubt your salvation, and we're gonna talk about a couple of those, you know, those ways. But um, I'm just praying and hoping that this 
um, podcast would, you know, help people to, for them to, yeah, I'm, a, you know, God give, gave me this salvation because it's eternal, right? Yeah. What did Riley say? If it's not eternal, then it has the wrong word. Yeah, it's the wrong term. Yeah. yeah. So assurance of salvation is very important uh, for the Christian. Yeah. So. Well, and and that's the that's the reason why I was bringing that up the difference between assurance and insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people believe that their works is the insurance for salvation, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we live in a different setting mm-hmm. in Christ. We have assurance. We don't need insurance. That's right. We don't need any help mm-hmm. uh, because Jesus paid it all. Mm-hmm. Um, one is just in case something happens, and the other one is knowing that it will happen. Right. Right. So we don't need the just in case uh, assurance or insurance, I should say, mm-hmm. of works. You know, um, just in case uh, I, I mess up. No, that's, right. that's not the case. Uh, Jesus, He paid it all. Um, blessed assurance comes when uh, you anchor your convictions to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, assurance comes when you face difficulties, but know that God can do anything. Um, you know, even in your failures, right? right. Um, blessed assurance comes when your sorrows arise, but you, you have the joy of the Lord. That's your strength, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, assurance comes when you know that after, uh, all is said and done that, uh, you, you still stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. Amen. And even if you're crawling to, to the top, right? Yeah. It, it, you know, that is blessed assurance. Blessed assurance is that, um, it's, it's not something that's offered by Geico, mm-hmm. uh, not something offered by Allstate or State Farm, who none of them sponsor us, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but blessed assurance was offered two, 2000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, when Jesus said it is finished and he offered up his spirit, um, you know, and, and breathed his last for us. And that grave was bust open. Yeah. Showing that he conquered the sin and death and he promised us a resurrection as well. Right. That is, uh, the, the assurance that we have. It was offered 2000 years ago. Yeah. And you said it well, well said brother, that assurance is not based on our works. And, um, you know, we always like to use the Gospel of John, right? When we're evangelizing, when we're trying to, yeah. you know, show people how to come to um, to Christ, just simply by believing in Christ. And not once does John suggest that that this guarantee of eternal life is um, based on your works. Yeah, you know. So, do you one- want to offer up to the, the listeners why we say that we use John as a Scriptural yeah. approach to evangelize when sharing the gospel, because Jesus, uh, the, well, the, in in the Gospel of John, it tells us that the reason why he wrote the book was so people can believe. Yeah, exactly. On Jesus for eternal life. Yeah. That's the purpose statement of the Gospel of John, so people could come to believe in in Christ, and um, and if it's if it's if your salvation is always by grace through faith, it's never. Again, when you're saved, you need to do works. You do. You need to do works, but because you know the Bible says that we were created for God, for workmanship, you know, to yeah. for good works. But the good works does not um, does not make people believe or or just make anybody see that you're saved. And at the end, too, when you're done with your salvation, works does not come into into practice or yeah. come, come to play either well and, and there's um scripture many times paul peter uh jesus himself he says that there's the the um paraclete that would come you know the holy spirit mm-hmm. the, the helper that's going to come as a sign of our salvation right yeah. he is the seal of our salvation a taste of what is to come god living with us and we living with god so mm-hmm. That's that's why we won't have the Holy Spirit living in us when we get to heaven because right. there's no need. But that right there, why would God give somebody that assurance of salvation and that promise through the seal of the Holy Spirit if it's something that he's saying, okay, but now you have to earn that, right? Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of doesn't make sense when you're looking at it. Jesus has said, okay, I'm not leaving you alone. I'm not leaving you as helpless. I'm, I'm sending you this helper. Yeah. And he's going to seal you until your day of redemption when you're face to face with me, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, even right there, if you're just kind of doing common sense put together, right there, it makes sense that no, the moment we trusted Christ, if we received the seal of the Holy Spirit, yeah. then... 
that's our assurance right there. Right. Assurance number one, right? Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit living in us. Mm-hmm. So, um, but there's so many other scriptures that are out there that let us uh, see the the fullness of this promise yeah. that is in Christ. So, somebody assurance. might ask the question: How did, then? How does? How do we get assurance? Or how do we, um, you know, live our life assured that we have eternal life? Well, it's always the promises always are in the Word of God. Yeah. You can't look, like you said earlier, you can't look to our works. Because one day we could wake up and do many good works and think that we're so spiritual, right? Yeah. Just to put it that way. Top of the spiritual mountain. Exactly. And then the next day you wake up and you're not even close to being how you were the the day before. So you can't really base it on your works because your your works, one day you're up, one day you're down. Yeah, our our faith fluctuates. Yeah. It's way too much. And we're not saying that works is not important. Works are important. Please, you know, don't misconstrue what i'm trying to say here what we're trying to say here works are important for the believer but works are not what saves you and it doesn't guarantee your salvation and it doesn't keep your salvation exactly because people You're, say oh yeah your works keep your salvation exactly that's we we're we guaranteed that. in christ yeah um and and uh i think a, 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 a imperative verse and i think it's great just to start off with john um, and, and you were probably already going there anyway, cause I kind of sensed you going there ah. when you were talking about John, uh, John's gospels yeah. is, uh, first John, mm-hmm. um, in first John chapter five, I think so, I know where you're going. Yeah. First John chapter five. Let me get there. And in first John chapter five, um, you know, the, the writer of the gospel and writer of first, second, third John, um, he's pretty much laying out, um, in first John chapter five, uh, verse 13 mm-hmm. um, he says these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know mm. you have eternal life now if you read the the rest of that kind of the, the passage there he says and the testimony of God is this right he's talking about the testimony of God that mm-hmm. he gave his son um, and in him is eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not believe does not have eternal life. Mm-hmm. And nowhere in there is he saying, okay, and if 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 you don't have works, you yeah. don't have eternal life, right? Mm-hmm. So just right here, Paul, John, he's, he's saying, okay, I want you to f- be firm in your footing mm-hmm. in salvation. Mm-hmm. He's, now, as you've been saying, we're not advocating that you should just go ahead and live a life of sin and yeah. dissipation. Even Paul, later on, he would write, you know, Nieneto, you know, God forbid that. Right. You know, that's one of the strongest, you know, declarative statements mm-hmm. there. He's like, no, don't let even that be mentioned in your life. If you mm-hmm. think that you could just sin so you could get more grace or whatever. Yeah. John's in the same terms here. He's mm-hmm. saying, hey, listen, I want you to be assured because in assurance, if you're sure of something, then you are firm in it. Yep. You're you're competent and right. confident mm-hmm. in it. Right? So he wants these people that he's writing to to feel so assured in their salvation to yeah. say, okay, yes, I did believe in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now he's saying, okay, you believe in Jesus and there's nothing else that you need to do. So now that you know that and you're assured of that, yeah. he's like, then you have the testimony that God gave concerning his son. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, the, 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 the confidence that the father Yahweh has given mm-hmm. of that promise of, of salvation that he promised to the patriarchs ages ago, this is how it works. This is the testimony that was given through the pro, you know, prophesied. Now it's come and been fulfilled. He's like, and you're holding that. Guess what? You're saved. Yeah. And he's like, now, basically, if you have that confidence, now you can go out. And share it confidently, right? right, right? right. Now you have that firm foundation right. because you're not basing it on something that you're not sure of. He's yeah. like, I'm giving you this because I want you to be sure. And then he even says in verse 14, this is the confidence which we have before him, right? That if we ask anything in his name, why? Because now we know that we're saved. So mm-hmm. we know we have something to stand on. We know that we can approach the throne room of God because we have mm-hmm. eternal life. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do that yeah. if it was based on your works. Right. If it was based on the way God was feeling in a moment, you yeah. know, because our works today, just like you said, we woke up and we were great. God's happy with us. Right. Tomorrow we wake up and it's like, oh, well, I don't feel like getting out of bed. I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Well, now God's not happy with us, right? right? We can't do it based on that. No, right. the, the veil was torn in two. Right. It is finished. 
There was nothing else that needed to be done. Right. Jesus sat down at the right hand of God, not having to give any more sacrifice. Our works are inconsistent, brother. Yeah. But God's word is consistent. Yeah. And it's and it's the truth. Yeah. And go, going back to assurance of, you know, not having assurance of your salvation is probably, well, I don't, it's not probably, I know it's, 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 you're walking in, especially in your Christian life, you're walking in some type of fear. Yeah. In my opinion, because, you know, if you're not sure of something, if you're not sure of something, you, you, you know, you doubt mm -hmm. and, and you can't trust. So you're sort of like you're walking on eggshells, you know? Yeah. You, you're scared one day that God's going to throw you in hell or, you know, speaking of this, what we're talking about here, um, salvation, having assurance. And then, you know, then one day you see, you feel you're okay, like we just said about works. And then the next day you feel, oh, man, I don't know if I'm really walking in, in you know, in God's light. I'm not sure if I'm really walking intimately with him. When you can just base your assurance on God's word. And yeah. then you don't have to worry. Because I know God's word is the truth. And I just got to believe in his word that his assurance comes from, from, from the scriptures. And like he said, brother, that, that verse there, 1 John 5, 13, um, you know, he wants us to know that we have eternal life. You know, and eternal, again, I got to say it again. Eternal means eternal. Yeah. It means forever. So, um but you know, speaking, stay, if we're gonna stay in, fir in First John, brother, and I know you know this, one of the mistakes that people make with this verse here is that they say this is the purpose statement of the book, right? Mm -hmm. When, when in reality, the purpose statement of the book is in the prologue, in the beginning, in verses one through four, because we know that First John is a book not to teach us how to get saved, but to have fellowship. How to f have fellowship, yeah. With, with Lord, God right? and, and with others. You right. Know? How to stay in fellowship with the church and exactly. how to stay in fellowship with the Lord. You the know? gospel relationship. Yes. It's the all gospel about of John tells yeah. us how to, you know, John 3 16, all exactly. 6 47. Yeah. But 1 John is teaching us, it, it'll, it, 1 John will show you if you're in fellowship with the Lord. Yeah. I mean, that's why in, you go to 1 John 4, you mm -hmm. know, he's like, beloved. You know, beloved right there, he's letting us know that he's writing to right. believers. Mm -hmm. If God so loved us, we ought to love one another, right? Yeah. That's yeah. fellowship right there, right? Mm -hmm. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, the love of God abides in us and his love is perfect in us, right? right. So that's, again, the idea of, of loving. Um, and then and then we have the, you know, this is love that Christ would die for us, right? Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. the understanding of it. But then you come to verse 18, you're just talking about you know, um, living in fear, it says there is no fear in love, but the perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. Mm. We love because he first loved us. Right. Um, and that's the idea is that, you know, we have this great amount of love mm -hmm. that has been poured out on us because of what Jesus, um, you know, has accomplished. Right. And it was given to us before we even knew God, mm -hmm. right? And yet, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. At mm -hmm. the right time, Christ died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world. That was even before we even knew him, yeah. right? Um, and then we're offered in First John chapter 2, where it says that, First um, uh, John 2.2, 2, it says that Christ came as the propitiation, the payment for our sins, but not only for us. So remember, John's writing to believers, so mm -hmm. he's that's why he says not only for us, not only for believers, but he says, but also for those that are in the whole world. Mm -hmm. So he's including the entire world as Christ being, you know, loving them and dying for them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know that's that's just a beautiful thought that now we have this. God wants us to walk in this love. Yeah. He wants us to be assured of this love mm -hmm. because if we have the assurance of this love, we have confidence mm -hmm. and it drives out the fear in our life where I have to keep on acting and responding. I have to keep on, um, you know, doing my duty of doing good works or I might not um, make it to right, heaven. Right. No, he wants you to live free mm -hmm. because when the sun has set you free, you are free indeed, right? Now you have the freedom to go and act on the love that you have found in Christ. Right. And that's the idea behind this. Is yeah. He wants us to have that freedom, enjoy that freedom, and yeah. live in that freedom and walk confidently in that freedom. Yeah. Because that truly enables you to 
live a grateful, thankful life. Well said, brother. Well said. Going back to First John five thirteen, and the reason why, and you know, I believe that, and the majority of the, uh, those in the free grace camp believe that this First uh, John five thirteen, brother. Going back to that verse that you brought up. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's uh, there's assurance in that verse in the beginning of the verse. But look at the end of the verse. Yeah. It says, and I'm reading New King James, and you have a New American, right, brother? Yeah. And mine says that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. So, you know, right there it tells you that we don't need to continue to believe to be saved. Yeah. Right? We're already saved. Yep. We don't need to continue to believe. So we do need to continue to believe that we are in fellowship Mm. with God. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why I say, the. oh, that's why, you know, we say that, those in the free grace camp that the purpose statement in first john is in verse four of first john chapter one if you want to go there real quick yeah and this verse is beautiful and look what it says is and these things we write to you that you that your joy may be be full that's the purpose statement of he's writing to us Mm -hmm. so we can know or you know yeah to know that our joy is full yeah, and 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 when our joy is full, it's because we're in yeah. fellowship and, and with the Lord. The purpose of it is clearly stated in in verse three too, right? The yeah, purpose yeah. statement. He yeah. says, um, "Now I'm reading NASB 90, 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, "What we have seen and heard and proclaimed to you, uh, so that you may have fellowship with us, mm-hmm. and indeed our fellowship is with the Father." And with his son, Jesus Christ. And so you see it in that prologue, as you said, in those first four verses, you see the idea of the fellowship and how this is John. He's saying, hey, listen, I'm writing this to you so Mm -hmm. you know you have fellowship. Mm -hmm. So you know that your relationship with God is good and that you know your relationship with us is good. This is what we want you guys to pay attention to. Yeah, and just to clarify, brother, I need to go back to five thirteen. You know that is, you know, we believe that that's not the purpose statement of of, no. of the first John, because again, at the end of the verse, it says to continue to believe. You know, you don't need to continue once you believe in Christ; it's a done deal. Yeah, there's no going back. Yeah, my son said that yesterday. I was talking to him about this. He goes, "There's no going back when you believe in Christ. You don't need to continue. You already believed. Yeah, right. Past yeah. tense. You yeah. believed already. Yeah. So." First uh, John uh, chapter one verse three and four is what the uh, and you know we believe that it's the purpose statement of this book here. So, it really, looking at First John five ten to thirteen, mm-hmm. um, it, it's really just letting us know that if you believe the testimony of Jesus that He took away the sin of all mankind and died on the cross, mm-hmm. died and rose again three days later, then as John says, you can know for certain. Without mm. a doubt in your mind mm-hmm. that you have eternal life and that you possess it right now. Right. You know, and that's akin to what Jesus said in John six forty seven. Right. Now again, as we stated in the beginning, the gospel of John is written um as as he says in 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 the gospel, mm-hmm. so that people having read this and the miracles of Jesus might believe, right? Mm-hmm. So his purpose of writing the gospel was so people might read it, come across it, read it, and trust Christ. Mm-hmm. John six forty seven, Jesus said, "Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes has eternal life." Mm-hmm. Right? You believe in Jesus and His work on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection, and now you have in your current possession eternal life. Right? Right? It's not something that you have to wait for. Mm-hmm. We're waiting on death. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're waiting on death. We're waiting on, on uh, his return. We're waiting on those two things. Either one's going to get us eventually. Right. 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 <laughs> but we currently possess eternal life. My name and Pastor John's name is currently written in the Lamb's Book Amen. of Life. Amen. And so that's the that's the power of that statement. Right. It's a present tense indicative. Jesus right. is saying this is yours. Right. It's yours in this moment. And if you believe that, you have the assurance. There exactly. it is. Exactly. Bingo. Exactly. It, it's like Jesus saying, just trust what I've already said. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? That's really what it is. Let me read a couple of verses on assurance here. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to read two of them. Um, first, I'm, I'm sorry, John, the Gospel of John 5.24. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. So by believing, you have everlasting life. 
and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. And then John 6.47, you mentioned this, and I love, Brother Cody, when you preach every Sunday, you always mention this verse, right? Mm -hmm. And I love when you read this scripture from the pulpit. John 6.47 tells us, and you said a little while ago, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. The only condition for eternal life is believing yeah. in him. I, I want to go ahead and bring attention to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse mm -hmm. 30 and 31, because we keep making reference to it. But I think it's important that we just read it so people, yeah. you know, hear it for themselves from the Word of God. It says, Therefore, many other signs Jesus performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. Mm -hmm. But these that have been written are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Amen. So John says the purpose statement is right here. Yeah. I wrote all this stuff. I made the account of his his birth to, to death to resurrection. So you read these things and you're like, wow, this this guy was the Messiah. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. and by believing in him, I have eternal life. So I truly believe all Christians will do good going back to works here, brother. I, I truly believe all Christians will eventually do good works. But the Bible, if you look anywhere in the Bible, there's not one scripture that says that we will do good works. Mm -hmm. We were created for good works, but that doesn't mean that we're going to do them, right? Yeah, not necessarily do them exactly. Right. You know, even the even the man on the thief on the cross. You know, I we we use that especially for once saved, always saved, mm -hmm. and some other aspects of of um, really just arguing against the perseverance of the saints right. and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And we use the thief of the uh, on the cross, but you can say that the thief on the cross. Even though he didn't come down and get baptized, he couldn't show that he lived a repentant life. Mm -hmm. There was no, you couldn't see that he made Jesus his, his Lord mm -hmm. and Savior, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But uh, when everybody else was still mocking Jesus, he looked at the other man on the cross, the mm -hmm. other thief, and he was part of the mocking mm -hmm. in the beginning. That's what scripture tells us in the Gospels. You have to search each Gospel account of the thieves on the cross. Yeah. But, you know, one of them says that, and the thieves were mocking him as well, right? Mm -hmm. And then this guy has a change of heart, and he looks at Jesus. He says, hey, listen, um, you know, remember me. And then he looks at the other guy, and he's like, hey, man, you know, we're, we're doomed here. We deserve every bit of this punishment, but this guy right here next to us, he he didn't deserve this, right. right? And Jesus said, you know, hey, right here, the statement that you're asking me for, <laughs> he's like, you'll see me today. Mm -hmm. You know, you'll be with me in paradise. I think that's his assurance right there. Yeah. If, yeah. if I'm getting it straight from Christ, yeah, he's telling me, you're going to be with me in paradise. Yeah, Boom. exactly. <laughs> assurance. But going back to the, the, there's no text in scripture that um that says that all christians will do good works and if you do find one please call us here i don't want to give out the numbers here but, yeah. <laughs> but do call us because you're not going to find it yeah there's nowhere in the text that says that christians will do good works yeah again it says we're created for them but and, not, and we're created for the purpose because it brings glory to god yeah but it doesn't say that we will exactly do them yeah um and, and that's you know human will versus the will of god right you know uh, he's not going to make us a robot army. Right. So uh, the works is for our discipleship. And yeah. You, 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 you know, you wrote a book on it. And, um, and you know, the, the more works you do, and I believe Christians will do good works. But then again, I go back, you know, there's no one in the, in the text that says that we will. But if we do more, if we do good works and we keep on doing them and start, you know, practicing all these spiritual disciplines the Bible teaches us to do as Christians... Not as the unbeliever, but as a Christian, you will mature and you will be, you know, you will have this great relationship with the Lord. And then probably somebody, oh, well, what about James chapter 2? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Not even that scripture tells us or explains or teaches us that, you know, that works are, you know, are essential for your salvation. Yeah. So just to throw that out there. Because hey. I know that somebody's going to say, well, you guys... 
What about James chapter two verses fourteen to twenty six? You know, I don't know. If, I don't know if we have time to explain that verse here. <laughs> yeah, because we might be. It might take a couple hours. But James chapter two verse fourteen to twenty does not um, teach that your works are essential for your salvation. Yeah, exactly. Right? Second Timothy two thirteen, yeah. which is actually a an ancient hymn, I guess you'd say, mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. a, a hymn that was written during the time of of Paul, and Paul's quoting it. Um, he, he says, "If we are faithless, he remains faithful, mm. for he cannot deny himself." Mm-hmm. Now, earlier in that passage, he says, "If we are f- if we deny him, he denies us." Mm-hmm. Uh, before the Father, right? So it's talking about the denial of of reward, denial of, Amen. of acclamation. Yeah. yeah. But the the crux is here is if we begin to diminish in our faith, right? Mm-hmm. And what was the cry of the man that was standing before Jesus asking for a healing for his child? He mm-hmm. said, you know, no, I do believe, but help my unbelief, right? Yeah, the yeah. idea is that our faith, it's on a roller coaster, up and down, up and down, up mm-hmm. and down. And Jesus is like, you know... Uh, faith this strong i've not seen right Mm -hmm. but he's constantly telling his disciples and stuff you have little faith you have little faith you have little faith Mm -hmm. you know why did you doubt you know so doubt and 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 diminished faith um that happens quite often in our life Mm -hmm. the assurance is from christ that's Mm -hmm. where we get this in second timothy 2 13 he's like okay even if your your faith is diminished Mm -hmm. even if it falls away Peter himself denied Christ three times. He was an apostate right. by all definition. Right. Right? Even if we are faithless and we we just fail and fall, mm-hmm. he remains faithful. Amen. Man. Because his is not based on us. It's based on himself. Yes. Blessed assurance, man. And, wow. and, and we have that in Romans 8, 38 and 39, because, you know, this right here, you know, Paul says... That he's convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor principality, nor present, nor things to come, nor power, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love that we have in God. Now, he's kind of tying us back to John 3.16, right? Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Because listen to the statement that he says next, which is in Christ Jesus, Amen. our Lord. Amen. The love of Christ... And our assurance of salvation, the love of God, I should say, and the assurance of salvation are uniquely tied together because the love of God is directly tied into what Jesus did on the cross for us. Yep. And that's what gives us assurance, an assurance of love and an assurance of salvation. We, when we mess up, when we sin, when we lose hope, God is still there and his presence will always remain because we are his children forever. Yep. That's why... That story of the prodigal son hits home so hard for so many of us, mm-hmm. right? Why? Because it's the story of a father and son relationship where the, the son, if you look at it, by all means of the Hebrew society, that son should have been disowned. Yeah. Right? He he asks his dad for his inheritance early. Mm-hmm. He goes out and squanders it in dissipation. The verbiage that's used is that he basically went and and partied it up with, you know, a loose living, drinking, and loose women, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, And he had nothing left. He spent everything. So he goes and he hires himself out as a servant, right? So he's indentured. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, he has no money. He's basically, to make it, he's hiring himself out. And it says that he goes and works as a pig farmer. Why is that important? Because as, as a... As a Jewish boy, he would not be allowed to take part in any holy event. In fact, he would be looked at as an unclean person mm-hmm. and not be allowed to associate with the people in society because by touching him, being around him, him working with the unclean animal, that would make them unclean. Right. And they would have to go through ceremonial washings and mm-hmm. things like that mm-hmm. because of him. So by all means, he's defamed the family name. He's rejected his father, rejected his past, rejected his faith. Mm-hmm. And then it says he, he has this moment where he comes to his senses and says, hey, you know what? I don't deserve my dad's love. Mm. I can't go back and, and say, dad, your son is back, right? What does he say? I'm going to go back. I'm going to tell him, listen, I've sinned against you 
and I've sinned against God. Yes. Because he's realizing, hey, my uh, my my faith standing is dropped too. I'm a pig farmer now, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So he says, I'm going to go back there and tell my dad, hire me as one of your servants. Mm-hmm. I'll serve you, because you treat you treat your guys better than this guy's treating me at yeah. least. And so he goes back, and the father is, and it. I love the picture because it's like the dad has been waiting to see his son at the horizon. He didn't go chasing down his son because God cannot. Remember, this is an analogy of us and God. Amen. God can't follow us into sin, mm-hmm. you know, um, because God can't be tempted by sin and he doesn't lead people to sin or anything because he is he's the father of light and there's no shifting shadows yep. is what James tells us. But it's like he's been waiting for that son to come to his senses and turn back. And as soon as he sees his son on the horizon, he runs out there. It's as if he was like fearful that his son would have a change of mind and turn around. So he runs to, and he grabs his son and he just starts crying. Out. Wow. Beautiful. And that's the powerful testimony of what we have in Jesus. Jesus has brought us into the love that God had for the world mm-hmm. that he gave his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. And because we have the assurance of God's love now in Jesus, and because we have Jesus's righteousness and perfection and we're justified now before the Father, it's just we're being poured into this assurance of love and salvation Amen. all at once. And, yeah. and so you can't divorce the two from one another, right? right. Because with, with the love of God comes the assurance of salvation that we have. Amen. And assurance is so, in my opinion, brother, it's so important to have assurance and, and, and the scriptures give it to you. They gives you right away. When you believe, you have eternal life. Now, like the picture you just, you, you know, you just painted um, now, Brother Cody, that what could happen to a believer, you know, a believer could fall into sin. Mm-hmm. A believer could walk away from his Christian life. You know, he's still saved because he has eternal life, right? Yeah. But he can lose his assurance. But he can't lose oh, his yeah. salvation. Exactly. You can lose assurance. Right. There's plenty of people that doubt. You know, they're like, they, they get into such a a pit, yeah. right, that that they're just like, man, did I, you know, am I saved? Am I still saved? Yeah. You know? And, and they can doubt, right. you know, just more of because their faith is kind of based on looking at what they've done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But God's not that type of God where he's like, what have you done for me lately? Right. Right? (laughs) Right. His love isn't based on the actions that we take. It's based on the action he took. Yeah. Right? But assurance is important. Yeah. To have when you believe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You you know, if you, you know, in my opinion, if you start out, let's say, okay, I believe, but I'm not sure if I'm really a believer or I'm not sure if I have eternal life. Um, I think you didn't believe the gospel. Yeah. Because the gospel is telling you. By believing, you get eternal life. Oh yeah! Listen to listen to First Peter chapter one, starting verse three. It says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to His great mercy, mm. has caused us to be born again, yes, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead." Mm. Okay, so our hope is not based on our work; it's based on what? Jesus's resurrection, resurrection yeah. from the dead. Yeah, yeah. To obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved for you in heaven. Again, no mention of wow. work or perseverance wow. or anything of that nature. It's all based on Jesus. Who who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Mm. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you may be distressed by various trials. So in the same thing as he's saying this, he's saying, hey, guess what? You're going to have difficulties. You're going you're gonna to see trials. No doubt. Um, you're going to have issues in life, ups and downs, ebbs and flows. So that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Do you see what he just did there, Peter? Mm. So he's saying, listen, you're tied up in Jesus. Okay. You've put your faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you already have your salvation, and it's it's already assured in Jesus, in the hope of His resurrection. Right. And those of you guys that are working at your faith, right? Mm-hmm. Because people always like to say, you know, work out your faith with fear and trembling, mm. and and you know that is a it's in Scripture, so I'm not going to deny that. Mm-hmm. So where does that what does that tie into? Well, Peter says it here. He's like, hey, guess what? That faith that you're working out in fear and trembling, it's not for salvation. Mm-hmm. It's towards this thing that's being tested by fire so that when you stand before Christ, when you see him, you can have this honor that's going to be revealed. And he goes into what that honor is going to be. Listen to this. And though that you may have seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believed in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, obtaining as an outcome of your faith the salvation of your souls, as to the salvation of the prophets and the prophetess prophesied, and the grace uh, that would come to you, more searches and inquiries, seeking to know the per- person and time that indicate within them was indicated and predicted in the suffering of Christ and glories to follow. It was revealed they were not serving themselves and going a little bit down. Uh, it goes down to verse 12 uh, that I wanted to point out to you, which is that we are working towards this uh, beautiful revelation that we have in glory. So it's talking about the glories that are coming, mm-hmm. right? And that we're enduring. Um, and it's all for what? It's all for this this amazing joy that is the praise and mm-hmm. glory and honor that we'll receive in verse 7 that it's talked about here. Yeah. Right? So this is talking about when we finally die or, or Jesus finally comes and gets us, mm-hmm. our faith that we've been working at that isn't towards a eternal salvation. It's towards the momentary salvation, Amen, yeah. right? Yeah. As, as he's expressed in the full passage here. Mm-hmm. Verse 7, he says, it's for this honor, it's for this praise, and it's for this glory. So these are rewards that we're going to receive Amen, in heaven. Yeah. yeah, So many, wow, there's so much in these passages, you've read, brother. Like in verse 3, our hope is living. And why is it living? Because Jesus, Jesus isn't re- dead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus is not dead. He, empty. <laughs> he resurrected, right? We just celebrated Easter last week. But I want to go back. I want to go back to um, verse four. You know, this is this is an assurance passage right here. It says to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away. Why? Because it's reserved where? In, in heaven. Jesus. Yeah, in heaven. Yeah. If it's reserved already in heaven, that that means there's no way you could, you know, it's there for you. Yeah. That gives me assurance, brother, to walk the way God wants me. I love the way Jody Dillo says it. He says, you know, if you're struggling with sin, you know, if you're struggling with, you know, not walking with the Lord and you're, you know, you're in this carnal state, man, go to the scriptures, brother. Yeah. Don't go to the five books. I mean, don't go to the books that have the five steps, which, you know, I'm not making fun of those books. Those books could be helpful. Or to the podcast, or to the conference, whatever it may be. I'm not saying they're bad, but man, go, go to, to the Savior. Go to exactly. Go to go to go to scriptures. go to the scriptures yeah. and 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 just believe what it tells you how to live the Christian life. And the more you walk in the Christian life, the more you walk in the Spirit, like Paul says in Galatians, the yeah. less you walk in the in, in the, the flesh, flesh. Yeah. right? I mean, so let's put this into perspective. Um, because the big thing is that um, works, if you're doing a works-based assurance, right, and not a um, a basically scriptural-based assurance, yeah. I guess you would say, right? Um, then let's go to let's let's try to understand this. Then um, is David saved? Mm-hmm. King David, yeah. Would would you deny his salvation, John? No, I would never deny his salvation. But. David, though, John, I'm confused. David David killed somebody, didn't right. he, and committed adultery? Right. Um, didn't he uh, disobey God and count the people, which resulted in thousands upon thousands of people being killed? Right. Ooh. Okay, well, what about Solomon? Is Solomon <laughs> is Solomon? Wow, saved? Solomon did a lot of bad things, brother. Yeah. Solomon, it actually says that he, um, he followed after his wife's uh, gods, right? Yeah. 
which means he worshiped Baal. Oh, Ooh. man. Wow. Uh, but no one would deny that Solomon is not in heaven. Moses. Didn't Moses kill a man? Oh, man. He did some bad things. Yeah, brother. Moses killed a man. He killed an Egyptian. So there's, there's people mm-hmm. that started and ended bad mm-hmm. both right mm-hmm. because there's there's both examples Solomon now, definitely ended bad. ended <laughs> bad very bad yeah. yeah and 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 you know there's there's plenty of people that that did so in scripture as well mm-hmm. you know um throughout scripture but those are old testament okay so what about new testament can we find any examples well in titus it tells us you know hey don't trust the cretans they're liars and cheaters mm-hmm. they're bad people right hey but greet our brothers in crete yeah. Right. So yeah. I guess that's an example of Christians that live a carnal life. Right. Um, how about the that? people in Corinth? Man, if you steal, you should <laughs> steal no longer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who is who is Paul writing to when he says that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. Um, he's he's writing to believers. Right. Um, so. There's, so what? This is a person that's caught, Ephesians chapter 4, right? Anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but work. Do mm. something useful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically says, and if you have done this, go out and share with what you have. Yeah. You should be sharing. You should be, okay, go go make it right. So um, Paul's writing to believers mm-hmm. that are caught in this carnal lifestyle of stealing and thievery. Yep. What about 1 Corinthians chapter 5? Oh, man. Uh, you know, we know how messed up the Corinthian church was. They were even coming to church and drinking yep. and and being part of gluttony at the Lord's Supper, at the Lord's table, right? They are getting drunk on the wine that represented the blood. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's crazy to think of, you know? Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter 5, look at verse 1. It is actually reported that there is immorality among oh, yeah. you. And immorality of such a kind that does not even exist among the unbelievers. Mm-hmm. That someone has his own father's wife. Mm-hmm. You have not. You have become arrogant and have not mourned instead, mm-hmm. so that the one who has done this deed would be removed from your midst. So he's basically saying, "Hey, listen." Um, Unbelievers don't act like this. They don't do these disgusting things. And you guys, instead of being like, hey, man, we're going to reject you because you're this is really gross. You shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. He's like, you guys are kind of just like, oh, yeah, it's acceptable. It's no problem. We're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, it says you become arrogant with it, right? So yeah. they become so accepting of it that it's almost like they're patting the guy on the back. Yeah. So is those people saved or the Corinthians saved <laughs> is the guy that's doing this saved. Yeah. According to Paul's writing, he's yeah. saying you guys, yeah. And this believer that's in the house of Corinth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I, he says that not even unbelievers mm-hmm. act like this. So he's, he's, he's doing a, you know, he's doing this like, yeah. okay, look, unbelievers don't have this disgusting behavior amongst them. Right. Believers shouldn't either. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so many examples you we could go through of believers not acting like believers, right? Yeah, and like we just mentioned, Solomon ending his Christian life, or I don't want to say Christian because well, I guess you could say Christian. <laughs> I don't know, he's an Old Testament yeah. guy, but whatever. Um, you know, ending wrong and ending in a bad well, note. He, here's but, one that it it clear clarifies, I think, for us the idea of salvation. Um, you know, where work out your salvation with fear and trembling, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Look at verse 5 real quick of, of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 5? Verse 5. Okay. Now, Paul, after describing how this guy has been uh, sleeping with his own mom and the people are accepting it. Right, I got it. And how pagans and, and unbelievers and, you know, people caught in that lifestyle and that don't worship Jesus, they, they act like that. Mm-hmm. Look what he says in verse 5. Read it for everybody. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Wow. So he's like, okay, let that guy put him out of the protection of the church. Yeah. Cast him out. If Satan destroys his flesh because the guy goes after dissipation and ruins himself, mm-hmm. he goes, at least he's saved. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Work out your fear, your salvation with fear and trembling. This mm. is talking about the the salvation of right now. Yeah. Right. 
This isn't talking about eternal salvation because even Paul here, he's like, hey, listen, cast this guy out for the destruction of his flesh, for yeah. the destruction. He's not going to be saved right now from the hurt that's coming to him, mm-hmm. but he's saved for eternity. Right. So that's a warning to Christians that yeah. we could behave in an unchristian like manner. But the eat. guy had assurance. Oh, yeah. Because Paul even says it. Yeah. And, and live in this lifestyle of sin. But um, again, you're. You can lose your assurance, but you can't lose your salvation. And um, like you like you were just saying, all these examples that we have, um, you know, we, again, going back, it's a warning. And and this doesn't mean that there, there is consequences when you decide to disobey the Lord. There are con- severe consequences. And the Bible te- tells us, the New Testament teaches us that there could be a time where the Lord could say, that's enough. You know, you're destroying my testimony. I'm going to just take you up. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. there's also could be severe consequences here on earth. You know, God, the Hebrews, God chastens those he loves. Mm-hmm. He loves us. Just like we love our children. If you have children and when they disobey you, you have to punish them yeah. and show them the correct way. Why isn't it? Why can't we relate that to, to, to our well, Lord? I think that people don't put love and punishment in the same mm. thing but if you love someone you will call them out yeah and you will have you know you'll say to your kids hey listen you know it's that line that every parent uses and i'm sure you've used it too yeah this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you yeah yeah right why do we say that because we it does hurt of right? course it hurts to have to punish but yeah. you punish because you love yeah right yeah you take away the the uh, the electronics, you know, because they brought brought a bad grade. Why? Because not because you. It's like you want to play the Nintendo while they're punished away <laughs> from it. No, why? Because you know that that time away from being on the Nintendo, now they're going to dedicate it to whatever reading or study that yeah. they had been neglecting. Yeah, yeah. And you just fixed the poor behavior. Exactly. Punishment is an expression of love exactly and, and and actually we're told that in scripture it says that he punishes those whom he loves yeah he right? chases them my says chasing yeah, yeah 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 same thing so and um, you don't want them to do it again yeah that's exactly. the reason why you know we punish our kids because we don't want them to do it again yeah and we want them to to start you know living uh a certain way that's honoring to the lord yeah the more you disobey the more you you turn you know the more you 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 walk away the more you are so sep- you you're starting to separate yourself from the you know from 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 God's protection from his love from his you know him just being there for you you know and the more you, you turn your back on him the more you disobey you know you, that relationship starts going separate getting separate more and more and more and more when you want it to be tight yeah intimate right yeah you're grieving the holy spirit yeah. in that time when you're doing that but that as second corinthians 122 lets us know that that holy spirit is a seal that's on us f- basically until we either die or he comes back for right. us and that's an assurance of eternal life too right there right yep um for those that are struggling in this mm-hmm. um and are struggling in their walk and have been doubting and and uh just you know uh, wondering, you know, does I messed up yesterday? Does God still love me? Am I still saved? Mm. Philippians 1 6. Mm. It says, For I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd say that we're not condoning your pet sins. Mm hmm. Uh, you should try to conquer those. Um, we're not telling you not to read scripture. You need to be in the in the Bible daily, strengthening mm-hmm. your yourself and your spirit. Um, but God is at work, and let Him do His work, knowing that you are safe and secure in the Savior's hands, and that that salvation that He's promised is eternal, is eternally yours, because it's sealed up, as John ten tells us. In the power of Jesus' hand, right? I know my sheep, and my sheep hear my voice, and yeah. they know me, and I know them. Mm-hmm. And I hold them in my hand, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. And my Father's hand is on my hand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because me and my Father are one, and no one's able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. So the idea of you're safe and secure 
in the Father's love mm. and in the salvation that Jesus brings. Yeah. What did John the Apostle mean, believe in, you know, believe in, in, in me? When he, 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 he writes in the Gospel of John, believe in me. Jesus says that. Believe in me. What does that mean? It, believe, it means to believe that Jesus is the Christ. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I want more. What does that involve? And, you know, we could end this with, with this here, brother. I don't know if you want to end it now, but we're, we're, we're on a roll here, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I love this, I love this topic. <laughs> but what does, what, does this, what, what, what does this involve when you say that Jesus is the Christ? John 11, verse 25 and 26. Very familiar uh, story here of Martha, right? Yeah, Jesus said to her, Man, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. Amen, brother. And everyone who believes, who lives and believes and does great works <laughs> and perseveres. Hey, whoa, whoa, wait, what are you doing there, man? And never, oh, whoa, no one doesn't say that. What, what did Bible, Jesus say? What Bible you got there, man? Oh, man. <laughs> and everyone who lives uh-huh. and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And what did Martha say? Yes. She said to him, yes, Lord. I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even Woo! he who comes Man. into the world. So what does it mean to believe in Christ? That he is the resurrection and the life. And by simply believing in him, you will never die. In other words, you will never lose your eternal yeah. life with him. That Lazarus was dead. Assurance, but buddy. Lazarus was dead here. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I am the resurrection. Man, right? oh man, man, oh man. Let's put it in that context. Yeah, yeah. It didn't already happen yet. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I'm the one that was promised. Yeah. I'm the one that was prophesied of. Mm-hmm. I'm the God, uh, you know, that I'm the God that healeth thee. I'm the, oh, the provision <laughs> on the mountain. Yeah. You know? And he says, uh, he, I am that resurrection. If you believe in me. Right. You'll partake in that resurrection. Hodges wrote, Hodges wrote an article, Zane Hodges wrote an article on the assurance of, of salvation. And, and I'm going to quote him. This is just I'm gonna, this is a short quote. And he says, The one who believes that Jesus is the Christ possesses divine, unending, unending life. Mm. Unending. My brothers and sisters, those who are listening right now, you're... Salvation is unending. It's forever. And please walk in that. Believe. Have assurance. So I, that your I, salvation is secure in Christ. I just want to end um, in this in this thought. Yes. I wanna I wanna end in this thought here. First John Chapter 5, verse 9 to 13. We already talked about it. We looked at it in depth. And I Mm -hmm. think it's just so good that we end it in this way. Yes. If we received the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. What's the testimony that he's talking about? I I personally believe he's reminiscing on the 12 disciples. The over 500 that saw the resurrected Christ. Mm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. 500 plus, and then the many more that Scripture says oh, in yeah. 1 Corinthians, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chapter 15. He says, if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For the testimony of God is this, that he has testified concerning his son. The one who believes in his son has the testimony himself. The one who does not believe God has made him a liar because he has not believed in the testimony that God has given concerning his son. And the testimony is this, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. You're firm in Jesus Christ right there. No, no, not based on you. It's, it's eternal life is based on Jesus. Mm. He who has the Son has the life. He who does not have the Son does not have the life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. John's writing to a people that are breaking fellowship with each other and with God because they're just 
either going towards works or they're walking away in right. their own sin. Right. And he's saying, hey, listen, those works that you're doing, they don't make you closer to God. Mm. You're safe and secure in Jesus. Those actions that you're taking towards sin, those don't make you firm and they don't break you away from God. It's what you already have in Jesus. So go back. What a way to end it. Wow. Powerful. Well, John, this was a fun one. Can we do part two? Yeah, we're going to have to do some part twos, (laughs) part threes, right? We're going to do part ten. Yeah. Because this, man, we got. Yeah, there's so much in there. Yeah. Right? But I think the I think the people hopefully and prayerfully we the people who are listening to this podcast you know they understand the crux of what we're trying to communicate yeah. here and you know we don't have enough time to go through all of it but we I think we explain you know the, the one of the main sort of the, the main point of what we're trying to you know communicate here. yes for sure thank you for joining the Transform three sixty five podcast a ministry dedicated to helping you grow in relationship to Christ. If you want to know more, find us at transform365.com or on our church website, www.swcc.org, located in Miami, Florida. Until next time, remember, the only work in grace is to let grace work in you. God bless.